1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: And good Saturday morning. Welcome into a big Thanksgiving weekend uh, in the out of doors. Did you get out and celebrate Thanksgiving with a hunting or fishing trip? We'd love to hear from you if you did. You can text it to us as any messages, questions, comments to the show at 504-260-1870. And I do have some help in here this morning. Daughter number one uh, traveled in from Texas this weekend to help us with the Thanksgiving duties. Sheree Dubuque is with us. Sheree, good to have you here.
3: Well, good morning, Gulf Coast. Glad to be here.
2: <laughs> yeah, look at the Gulf Coast. Looks a little soggy out there on the, on the red, radar map, huh?
3: Yes, absolutely does.
2: You know, it's kind of strange. I was looking at this radar, and it's almost following I-10 perfectly, all the way from Florida back through Alabama, Mississippi Gulf Coast, uh, then Lake Pontchartrain, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, all the way over to Lafayette, Lake Charles. If you are south of I-10, you probably got a little bit of light rain. But the good news is as this system moves from the west to the east, it's kind of breaking up a little bit in lightning and intensity. Now, back uh, in your home ground over there near the Corpus area in Texas, uh, got some stuff brewing there. Going to be in later tomorrow. And behind that, we got big changes coming on. We got some freeze warnings coming up.
3: Yeah, we're expecting even temperatures in the 30s over there in South Texas.
2: Well, we got a busy show for you. And of course, uh, we love you to participate in it. We're going to talk to you about some fishing and hunting, particularly duck hunting. Had a great trip with uh, Full Strap and Stringer. They're located in DeVille, up there near the Catahoula Lake area, hunted up there with the Swallow Boys, Dad, uh, Blake, and the two sons, uh, Bucky and also Hunter. We'll tell you a little bit about that. You'll get to see some of that on an upcoming edition of Bayou Wild TV. This is also the last two days, today and tomorrow, for that family Fishing Thanksgiving uh, weekend fishing derby. I've got details of that. Also, going to introduce you to a guy named Dale Bordelon. Uh, on our way up to Full Strap and Stringer in Deville, we met a very unique individual. Most people nowadays, when you're talking about hunting and fishing, they want, as far as technology and gear, the latest and greatest. Well, this guy likes the oldest and the simplest. He's a throwback in time to waterfowl hunting in Louisiana. Very interesting guy. You'll also see him on a Bayou Wild TV feature. Also, we had three men brought to justice after a three-year-long investigation into the illegal killing of a Louisiana black bear, the result of an Operation Game Thief tip. We'll tell you that story. And, of course, the Coastal Marine forecast, if you are headed out, uh, 60% chance of rain for most of our areas uh, northeast winds 10 to 15 the offshore, about 2 to 3-foot seas. Uh, inside lakes and bays, northeast winds 5 to 10, maybe a light chop. And for tomorrow, even more rain, a higher percentage, 80% chance of rain. And as that front approaches, we start to get the wind shift. It'll be southwest 15 to 20. Three to five-foot seas in the offshore areas and on the interior lakes and bays. It'll be due south for a while, 15 to 20 and rough as that frontal system passes through. And then Monday, Tuesday, and on into next week, quite a change. Much colder temperatures, and hopefully the fishing and hunting will only get better than what it's been. And it hasn't been that bad. You'll hear from some of our field reporters. Ryan Lambert, Captain Mike Gallo, got a paddler's report with Brendan Bayard. Robbie Campos back in town from his Kentucky deer hunt. We'll get him to tell us about that. And Jeff Brule for you bass fishermen and freshwater fishermen, got a full report from him. We'll be right back with your text and our reports. You hear it every Saturday morning right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio N- All right, fresh back from a Kentucky deer hunt, we got Robbie Campo at the Campo's Marina down in Shell Beach, uh, usually a very busy place the day after Thanksgiving and that weekend. Robbie, first off, tell us how the Kentucky deer hunt went.
4: Well, you know, Don, we hit the rut, I mean, dead smack on the head. Um, You know, it was – we took three shooters off that property this week, last week. Um, It was – we hit it just right, man. It was – Um, you know, for the got you know, not everybody got to kill a buck, but they'd seen a lot of bucks. I got a lot of young bucks running around up there. So, um, I mean, you know, I got a really nice 10 point last week. Uh, um, it's kind of unique looking rack. Um, but you know, it was for the most part, it was, you know, it was just a dynamite week. Wasn't as cold as I would like it to be, but, uh, Hey, (laughs) it, it all worked out. So, um, with that said, we had a, we had a really good trip and, you know, I'm, I'm going back and I think I leave on December the 11th to go back and go do it again, you know? So, uh, just can't wait for that to get here. As far as the fishing goes done and fishing has been good. Just, uh, earlier in the week, it was, it, it slowed up a little bit, but a la- lot la- of part of the week here, man, it was just, it turned on right before this front come through, um, it, yesterday was yesterday was just a great day. Caught fish everywhere yesterday. Uh even catching fish out at Comfort Island yesterday, which is which is you know, people like Comfort Island caught fish at Comfort Island yesterday. Uh caught fish up in Lawson Bay yesterday, caught fish over, you know, Anderson Point and all you know, the spots that you fish you know, the guys fish in the summertime. There was plenty of fish out there yesterday. There a lot of fish up in the Lake Bourne area, a lot of redfish in the Lake Bourne area yesterday. A lot of, of speckled trout over here in the south, guys that like to fish the south over uh, Hope Bay Lagoon area, Lake Robin, um, it, Middle Bayou, East Bayou, Middle Bayou, Bay Robin, um, Grand Lagoon. You know, caught fish all back there yesterday. So, um, hey, man, it was just a, you know, a look. And if you still, and if you guys that like to go catch sheephead, I know there's a few of my fishermen that just still like to do that stuff. Long rocks got all you want if you want to go out there and you know get on them. They got plenty of sheephead at the Long Rocks. I mean, it's still piled up with them. So uh, you know that's an option also. Um, early in a week when I was thinking about what I was going to say to do this show for Saturday, it was a mixed box, Don. And then you know uh, Wednesday, Thursday, yes, even yesterday it was just it turned on it was trout, 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 trout. So. Uh, I was like, well, that 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 makes things a little bit easier because, you know, when people in South Louisiana they want to fish speckled trout. They don't want to go, you know, chasing a whole mixed box of stuff. They'll do it if they have to, but everybody likes to get it where it's it's kind of, you know, where they want to go fishing trout. And it and it did turn out that way. So um, up in the Margo here, going up towards uh, Violet, a lot of fish in the channel here. So it was just a, I mean, you know, the last couple of days, Don has been really really good. You couldn't f- go wrong kind of anywhere you went. Um, if, if guys would still want to fish some bass, even though the salinity is up a little bit, up, up in the Gallego and back of Lena Lagoon, plenty of bass back there. If you want to go do that uh, up in that St. Milo area, plenty bass back there uh, in them grass beds. So, and you know, storm didn't take out all the grass beds We still have a lot of grass beds back there in those ponds. So if you want to go fishing bass, you go head back there, you catch all you want. So, um, you know, with that said, Don, tell them to hook that left at the bridge and come on down and see us. We've got plenty of live bait on hand, and we'll get you overboard. We'll get you parked, get you overboard, get you going, and head you in the right direction. So hook the left. All right.
2: See Very good. I, I got two questions for you. Number one, are they catching them better on the plastics or the live, or is it just a combination or anything you throw out there?
4: Well, Don, it's it's a combination of both. Um, don't go without taking live bait. Um, I'll have some just for an insurance policy. Don't do it. I <laughs> mean, don't don't leave it out because one day they'll bite on plastic, one day they won't. So, um, just you know, just take and look. And I'm not saying this because I sell it. I'm telling this because this is the way it is. Uh, take take both with you. Um, if you have plastic with you, take live shrimp too. Don't don't go over there and just say, oh, well, if they're catching them, I'm just go out there and catch a plastic. That's not always the case. It's not always going to work. So I, I, I bring, you know, I always tell people just bring it for an insurance policy. That's the way it works. You know, I mean, uh, you know, and it, and it does work for them most of the time. So maybe you could get them started on plastic. I mean, uh, on live shrimp and switch to plastics. You know, uh, you know, maybe they might start biting plastics from Jump Street. Who knows? But if you're out there and you don't have it, then you then you wishing you had it, and then you got to run all the way back in. You know, so. um, don't make that mistake yeah i would take both all right
2: robbie last question and very important one i saw a picture of somebody with fish wearing a gnat net have the gnats started showing up on uh, when, when that is down yet <laughs>
4: yes 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 i was going to touch oh. on this subject this morning yeah <laughs> look I'm telling you my you gotta have the look you gotta have the sprays or whatever Amber Romance, you got, look. Amber it, Romance, it, it, that's the my wind, ticket. Yeah. The wind is blowing a little bit today, okay? So we've got a little bit of a north uh-huh. wind spark. Now, if the wind calms down like it had in the last two days, have your Nat hat, bro, because I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. You know, if this yeah. is the time of the year, Don, you know, from now till spring, is, you know, whenever you would get. Usually it's the day before the front, but if it calms down. Right telling you the duck hunters the duck hunters that's been up in the blugsy marsh told me uh the ones that came in yesterday and that's another thing they didn't do a whole bunch shooting ducks so hopefully that this little this little weather system that's that we're dealing with the last next couple of days is gonna um is gonna bring a few ducks in for these guys told me they they swatted more gnats than than anything so Mm -hmm. the gnats are just terrible so uh, yeah, I would definitely, definitely have have something prepared for that bug sprays or something, believe me. Because if you're out there and you get a spot where the where the wind calms down, you're definitely going to get eaten on, believe me. Yeah. They're bad. Especially <laughs> the duck
2: hunters. When they get in. the duck hunters get down in that grass, boy, that's pure misery. There's, there's, gotta no, be there's no
4: getting away from it. There's no getting away awesome. from it. So. Well,
2: that yeah. co- that cold will knock them down a little bit when we come back, and hopefully there will be enough breeze to keep them at bay too. Because boy, they got some right, big teeth for right. a little dude, you know.
4: But we okay, but Rob. Looking we'll at see the you later this morning. But I'm looking at that radar yeah. this morning, I think we're gonna have kind of showers all day. You know what I mean? Because coming from Texas yep. along that coast, uh, I think we're gonna have rain. You know, throughout the day. So bring your raincoats and you know make sure you got rain gear. So you know that's another thing. That's what thing. they make so, it for. That's what they make it for. Yep. So, uh, Got it. anyway, hope you'll okay. come and see us, and I will see, talk to you next week, Don.
2: All right, Robbie. Thank you so much. Robbie Campo right, down at right. Campos Marina. Sure you ever been in a bad net situation, oh, fishing?
3: Absolutely. And I'll tell you what. Robbie is on the mark. You want to make sure you have all your ammunition when it comes to those gnats with you. You don't want to have to stay out there without it.
2: Well, I feel sorry for Robbie because that's his job, and he's he's subjected to it right there. Not quite as bad at the marina, but they get bad, but you get over that grass. And I got to tell you, Hopedale, Shell Beach, St. Bernard, of all the places I've fished in my life, that is the gnat capital of the world you what we need to do? Let's ask people to text us their best gnat protection. Mine is comes from believe it or not Victoria's Secret and uh, a lot of people wonder why I go shopping in there but the reason I do is because Amber Romance either the spray or the lotion is the best thing I've found for gnats. Of course you can I got a gnat suit, the hat and the net and it fits all over. But they like to get you on the wrist, the ankles, the hands. Do not go out in shorts when it's a gnat weekend, believe me. But if you've got a favorite product or method to deal with those marsh gnats, text it to us, five oh four two six zero one eight seventy and Sheree'll share with it a little bit later on. Coming back after this we go freshwater with Jeff Brule, our big bass reporter coming up next on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And are you up for the challenge from the Big Boss Bass? Well, Jeff Brule usually is, and he joins us now. His report each week is brought to you by Berkeley, a division of Pure Fishing. And you need to get to know Berkeley, especially during Christmas shopping time, because they've got just about everything for stocking stuffers on up to the big stuff. If you use mono, braid, fluorocarbon line, they've got that for you, everything from a catfish flipper to a weigh scale to filet knives. If it's for fishing, you can bet Berkeley has it, a division of Pure Fishing. Jeff joins us now to talk a little freshwater fishing, and Jeff, I guess the title for the report this week is, Fishing's Good, But It's Tough. Explain.
5: Uh, it's mainly because you got to go out and find those stretches of banks or maybe that one canal that's loaded up with fish. So it takes a little time to uh, figure out a pattern or figure out a location uh, I guess they're just schooling up on shad and shrimp everywhere in the marsh, and and you can fish a lot of banks and get a bite here, bite there, and all of a sudden, you'll come across an area, and they're just loaded, and you catch them just about every cast, and and that's kind of been the theme for most places around the area. Uh, I can start with Venice. Venice has, has been tough, but good, too. It's been kind of the same situation. You know, one thing I noted down there is the cane scale is killing a lot of the cane, so some of your you hadn't been in some of your favorite places like on Loomis or Raphael Pass, places like that, where I saw the cane scale. Some of it, the cane's gone. It's just mud banks down there now. So you got to do a little research and go down there and see if you can find some good areas first before you just run back to your favorite spot. But uh, the winds also over the last few weeks have made Venice tough because it muddied up the Gulf, and all that water came in and kind of muddied up the lower end of the Mississippi. But still, you know, a bad day in Venice is – better than most parts of the states we average about 40 50 bass a day nothing great big nothing over three pounds but just you know just fun stuff flipping the canes stick to your main pass areas but probably if you're going down there, the biggest tip i can give you if you can find any kind of vegetation on top of the water any kind of mat uh hyacinths or alligator vines or anything like that punch through that because that's where your, your better fish are coming from and but you got to go find some stretches that hold the fish and get the tide right and you can catch a lot of fish down there still but it it is a little tougher than normal
2: jeff what about uh some areas further to the north uh pearl river chef pass area what's the action been like Uh,
5: the pearl river's been tough i went early this week i did catch a few fish in some of the drains but uh, the rain's going to change all that Uh, it's going to get muddy get it back up Right now, they're not predicted to go above 10 feet, but uh, the east will get pretty muddy, and the west definitely will be muddy. So you have to kind of uh, you know, know to pick your areas that you might find some clean water coming out of a drain if the river's falling, you can do that. or not, just go down in the marsh, and you, you're looking for a protected bayous. And by that, I mean that some of those bayous down there, they stay clean, even though the river gets a little muddy. So you want to try to find some of those spots. And there's plenty of bass down in the marsh. Now, yesterday, I went to the Chef Pass area. And uh, it was a good day. Uh, we, you know, we kind of had to puck, poke, poke around and um, putt around to find the fish, but Berkeley Chapos and Pop made for it was just a fun day, just catching fish on top water. Saw some schooling fish chasing the shrimp and the shad, and it, that whole area from the wall to the Violet all the way back up to the Pearl River, all that marsh area has got plenty of bass. But you still use spinner baits and Texas rigs, really, and that just fun they're not big but they're just fun fish to catch and you can catch a, a good number of them we probably caught 60 70 fish yesterday i think the biggest one we had was about a pound and a half but still it's just fun
2: jeff you usually stay on top of uh, new baits and exciting baits and you always like to give them a try tell us about this berkeley wake bull what is that
5: it's considered a wake bait which means you just kind of really right under the surface of the water but it is a crank bait and it it usually dies about six inches, maybe a foot or so. And it's great for our marshes just getting around the grass. You want to throw it around grass areas and on the edge of them in the little holiday spots of the grass. You can use them just a slow, steady retrieve or you can put a little stop and goes in the mix. But I recommend using a heavier line and a stiffer rod than normal than your normal crankbait setup because what you're doing, you're trying to pop that lure out of the grass when it gets hung up on the grass. And that heavier rod and line helps you to rip it free. And a lot of times that's when your strikes come. You'll reel it a little bit, and it'll hang on some grass, and you pop it, and it'll pop free out into an open area, and there's bass around. He's going to react to it. And that bigger rod also helps when Mr. Redfish comes along, and interrupts the bass fishing because sometimes they love to eat them too. So it's a good bait. Just uh, It doesn't go very deep and won't get hung up in the grass as much as, a, like, a deep diving crankbait in the shallow flats around the marshes, so it's a good bait to have in the arsenal. Fun to fish.
2: Favorite color, like a black or a green, maybe.
5: Um, sometimes you can use. They got like a fire tiger, just kind of a bright green with a little orange and stuff. Sometimes that's a really good color. Uh, and then, but I just like. I'm, I'm mainly a shad pattern guy down here. Uh, bones good. Bones a good color because it kind of mimics uh, mullets and shads and things like that. So. That's a really good color, but they're also coming just like regular shad patterns. But sometimes that um, fire tiger color just is something bright, and I don't know why, but it just aggravates them pretty good. But that that would be something to try in any of the marshes, Delacro, any place where they got thick grass and you want to fish around it, or over the top of it especially, especially if the water's about a foot above the grass. It's, it's excellent in those kind of situations.
2: Yeah, great for this time of year. Well, Jeff, did you have enough turkey yesterday?
5: Oh, yeah, I had plenty, plenty turkey, all kind of good food. Uh, Unfortunately, my kids didn't come in. Um, I think the girlfriends' families took over on that side, and, (laughs) of course, the coronavirus kind of impacted some of that. But had a good time and uh, actually just had a nice, quiet weekend.
2: That's some of the best times. Jeff, thanks for the report, as always, and we'll catch up with you next time, my friend. Go get them. Uh, Thanks, Don. All right, Jeff Brule updates us on the freshwater scene. All right, uh, we got a lot of text messages there, Cherie. When we come back, we'll get to those. We're asking you this morning, since uh, the gnats are making an appearance, what is your favorite gnat preventative? How do you deal with them when they get out? And this is the time of the year where they start coming out, particularly those. Flat, calm, windless days, and uh, temperature warms up during the winter. Whew, can be nasty. We'll be right back with that. we got more fishing reports. we got bad boys of the outdoors to talk about. It's all right here on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. I want to get some fishing in this Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, no boat, no problem. You can fish in the Get Out and Fish Derby. It's been going on all this week. Last two days are today and tomorrow. This is sponsored by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. There are 16 Get Out and Fish ponds across Louisiana. You're going to find them on the website. They range from Ruston to Vidalia to Lafayette, Jennings, Walker, Baton Rouge, Homer, New Orleans, Franklin, Natchitoches, to find one of these parks where these delicious tag channel catfish have been put in Go to the website, Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries, and look for the Get Out and Fish Derby. And uh, there's going to be some prizes awarded. When you catch one with a special tag, you notify the department, and they'll <coughs> excuse me let you know what your prize is. All right, uh, Sheree and I are going to tell you about our Thanksgiving uh, week activities, and we'll also get to your text message. But first, we pause a quick 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, Sheree we just got back from South Dakota, and your, sh- your shooting skills have improved markedly, and we were getting ready to go up to Crane Creek and do some quail hunting with uh, the-, the German short hairs this weekend. Yesterday we had the field, but the rain uh, just did not cooperate, so we had to wash that one up.
3: Yeah, but you and Blake have been able to make the best out of the situation, heading back to the lease a couple times to see what you can see on the deer front. think you're seeing more coons than anything else, but (laughs) any day in the woods is better than a day usually anyplace Uh, else. I I
2: guess so, but I've been spending a lot of unproductive time in that deer stand, and, uh, of course, the rut here in this area only kicks in around Christmas, New Year, so it's going to get more exciting. But hopefully uh, uh, Blake, who's going to be headed out there in a little bit, he can bring home some venison for us.
3: Well, yeah, we hope so. That's what I was thinking and you know the strategy here to get the kids to come home is to convince the significant other um, that there's plenty to do right so blake's right. always ready to head this way for a good bird hunt or a chance to get in the deer stand
2: well we'll see how he makes out later on um now, we've also got some text messages coming here, people sharing what they are doing during this Thanksgiving week. Who we got here?
3: Yeah, so Justin's in the refuge, and he's actually saying, you know, that he sees the animals responding to some of this weather. So feels like winter's on the way, and the birds and squirrels are gathering food. The raccoons and the opossums must be on vacation, must be in his area, because definitely not coons on vacation in <laughs> our area, because he hasn't seen them yet. Um, the mad bow hunter says good morning, Don and Cherie, headed to Pearl River to shoot out some uh, swamp donkeys. So good luck to everybody hitting the woods this morning. So he's going to give it his shot there. Go get bow. And we
2: got some duck reports, too. Huh?
3: Yeah, actually, um, Wes told us on opening day in Mansura last Saturday, they got out late at 730, but limited out in the first day in an hour. Wow. And then Sunday, a two-man hunt, I mean, six wood ducks, gray duck, two wigeon, Three blue winged teal, you know, almost and a, a partridge, partridge and a pear tree. Exactly. <laughs> right. Passed on at least sixty plus birds trying wow. to get bigger birds after we uh saw so monday left the duck blind at seven got five birds had to work so they had to get back to work but yeah they said it's loaded with wood ducks only saw a few mallards but sounds like a productive hunt for those guys and you
2: know the amazing thing sheree we, we had a, a really bad forecast from the department of wildlife and fisheries the week before the season they did their coastal and catahoula lake flyover, and it was bad they said there were fewer ducks in the 52 years that they've been doing the count And all of a sudden, when the season opened, ducks popped up everywhere. Uh, We had a good hunt this week, a Thanksgiving week hunt, with the swallows up at, uh, that's not the bird, that's the French swallow up in uh, Catahoula. And I'll tell you about that when we come back, and we'll get to some more of your text messages. We'd love to hear from you. Send us one, 504-260-1870. Also looking for some gnat-repellent tactics or products. We'll be right back. It's Don and Cherie Dubuque, where you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, Sheree, uh, during the break we were talking about uh, my trip up to uh, Catahoula where I hunted with full strap and string. I had a good trip. We brought Josh Raley. If you look at my Facebook page, uh, the picture of that young guy, you may recall seeing Josh. He's a, uh, an Olympic Hopeful for skeet shooting. He's quite a shot. We brought him along with us, and we hunted with the two brothers, uh, Hunter and Bucky, who these guys uh, watch a lot of comedy movies, and when you're out there and the duck hunting gets slow, they start giving you these quotes from Dumb and Dumber and some of these other movies. They really keep you entertained. But along the way, before we got up there and we ended up shooting uh, uh, some ringnecks and also uh, some gray ducks, and we got a a mallet actually up there, too. We stopped and met this guy that I'm looking at here on Bayou Wild TV uh, uh, website. Dale Bordelon, he lives about 20 minutes from the, the lake there, and he's a throwback kind of guy. I mean, he you, you see the picture, he cuts cane and he makes his own duck calls, hand makes them, then he, he makes dugout pirogs or canoes, and he, he hunts out of those. He's got a 1929 pump shotgun, and it's in mint condition. Uh, he carves his own decoys that he uses to put out there. The guy uses nothing modern, it's strictly a throwback, and uh, you're going to meet him on a Bayou Wild TV episode. We went to his shop, and he explained how he works, and we're hoping to go do a retro show with him. We're going to shoot some black and white video, and go out there, and you won't even be able to tell. Look like we we're market hunters from the 1900s. Anyway, very interesting guy, and we love to meet him along the way, and we'll introduce you to he. Now get back to our uh, text
6: board.
3: All right. Yeah. So you know the weather is keeping some folks in. So. Our backstrap stackers checking in from soggy South Alabama. I think we're feeling a little soggy along the whole South Gulf Coast here. Looks like a good afternoon to stay home and watch some football, give the deer a break for a day or so, but he's going to hit the woods hard behind the front. Um, Now, we did have another vote for your Amber Rose. Yeah, exactly. Romance. Romance, okay, Um, and so – This person also says, you know, don't go at all. So he's probably been in those, uh, (laughs) not bundles at all. That's one option. Yeah. But he said, if not, the Amber romance is something he said he heard it on the show. Um, and then we have a text from family, Dean and Latte. So, Smokey's sister, Latte. <laughs> dog, yeah. and Yeah, and Dean, amazing these connections, people connections, these dogs keep us in. <laughs> um, said they were in the marsh and she's betrie- been retrieving ducks. Hopefully, today they'll get a few.
2: Latte's become quite the accomplished uh, pointer retriever, German short hair.
3: Well, and then we just got a text in. You know, I love to hear these because this reminds me of my own situation, right? (laughs) Took my little girl on her first deer hunt last weekend and killed a small buck. Um, But it was nothing compared to the feeling of passing down the tradition to a new generation. So we have a lot of that in this family. Oh, yeah,
2: I can understand that. It's uh, sometimes better to watch your children come of age than it is to do it yourself.
3: Well, we got another vote in for Bounce. Now, I've heard about using Bounce for love bugs, but this is interesting, you know. So rub it on. You don't know if it works, but multiple people have said the That's same thing. That's
2: the fabric thing. softener that, that you put
3: in the dryer sheet? Is that yeah, it's a are? dryer sheet. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. Me, personally, you know, having horses and the goats all these years, what I'll tell you is, mm-hmm. is I've been a big fan of Adam Spray and using it on them. I realized that I don't have any mosquitoes and gnats. I'm telling you, it works. You can get it from Walmart. <laughs>
2: Good tip. (laughs) Somebody wants to know about the trout moving into the pen and the Wrigley's yet. Ask because it looks like this route with COVID is going to probably be back. Camp quarantine in Bayou U.P. Road. And that's only good to help cut your trip short. Even with repellent, they aggravate the heck out of you. They do that. Um, And, you know, I'm sure that the fishing, maybe somebody that's been in that Lafitte area can update us on that, maybe Pete Chess or somebody listening. Uh, But I'm sure it's good as it has been in most areas.
3: Yeah, and we got a question about are there any pull-do in the Salvador management area? Have you I'll gotten any information? I'll put that out, too. I have
2: not got mm-hmm. a pull report, but I will tell you this. The places I've been, I have seen them in pretty good numbers. So it's a pretty good pull-do season as well as a, a good duck season.
3: Well, flying teeth, another vote for your amber romance in the small spray bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So sounds like that's leading the pack right now. And then, Don, love the retro pics you posted last week. Working if those were Photoshopped, wondering if those were Photoshopped. Seems to be a lot more hair on those pics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no Photoshop, but what he's referring to, I did a, a 36 year radio. What happens to you when you start and what you look like towards the end? Uh, quite a bit difference, but yeah, thank you for that. I'm um, getting back to the Amber Romance. Um, you got anything that you use, you got to keep applying it. Uh, Because when you, you know, a lot of times you're either sweating or if you're reaching in for bait and it washes off. And by the way, it's best to use a dip net when you're using that type of either insecticide or amber romance. Because if that gets in your bait water, it's going to kill them. So use a dip net. But, you know, your hands get wet from handling the fish and it kind of wears off. So you do have to constantly keep applying it. Uh, It's not perfect, but Amber Romance is the best thing. I've heard some other products that that seem to work. A lot of people say skin so soft, but I've never found that to be effective at all. The net, the gnat net that fits over, it's a jacket with the tight cuffs and gloves, and it fits over your head. It's not very comfortable. It's kind of hard to see out of it on, on cloudy days is when the gnats seem to be the worst, but that's another thing that will actually work. All right, what else we got?
3: Just somebody that says, thanks for all the info that we're keeping everybody up with. So well, appreciate those comments and texts. Please keep them coming in.
2: Well, it doesn't just come from us. It comes from a lot of our listeners who share their information and also those field reporters, which we have another one coming up right after this break. His name is Captain Daryl Carpenter, and he works down in the Grand Isle area, and he'll be back with a fishing report for you there right after this timeout. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And with us this morning is uh Cherie, my daughter number one, a Texas daughter. Sheree, how long has it been since you fished with Darrell Carpenter?
3: Well, you know, it's been a while, but after the event that occurred when I was with Daryl, I figured I'd need to give him a break for a little while.
2: Oh, you never <laughs> let up. Poor Daryl, man. That, that, that's been a, a cross he's had to bear for years and years.
7: <laughs> Good morning, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, the one that got away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, a dead fish that got away. <laughs> Well, moving right along, how about some live fish? What's going on down around the island this Thanksgiving weekend?
7: Uh, Don, it's been, I mean, for the people that are willing to, to, to you know, to tough it out and bear it, it's, it's been just outstanding. I mean, you know, we've talked for the last few weeks about the kind of being a void of fish in that mid-range, you know, fish close to Grand Isle, fish way up north, and a little bit of a void of fish in between. And that kind of corrected itself this week. I think everybody that went out caught fish. uh, They're not everywhere. You had to stick and move until you found them. But, you know, uh, everybody put together real nice catches of of both speckled trout and redfish. Uh, Redfish seem to be going deep. They don't seem to be a whole lot. They don't seem to be into the ponds a whole lot. But if you've got deep holes that that have structure in it, uh, it's it's probably a good bet it's full of redfish right now. Um, what else? I mean, trying to cliff note it, the, the side of the road, the side of the road was a little bit tough, like, you know, last week. This week, everybody I know, my neighbors, my customers, everybody I know that's fished the side of the road is all brought in fish. Uh, several times it's been limits. Uh, but, I mean, the fish are way up well on the side of the road and, and biting, from what I understand, deep deep on plastics, uh, even suspended under under uh, slip carks or, you know, tight lining it, working jigs on the bottom. And then to top it off, you know, since I kinda got out of the business, we haven't talked a whole lot about offshore, but I can tell you on the western side of the Gulf, when I say west, I mean, you know, pretty much leaving out of Fushaw and headed to those those Green Canyon areas, the the Wahoo season has cranked off and it's cranked off big time. I mean, they are just slaughtering the Wahoo right now. So it's been it's been really good. Now, of course, you know we've got a heck of a cold front coming this week, so it's going to change things. It's probably going to move some fish around. But uh, but man, look, if you can get out there and you're willing to brave a little bit of rain, uh, I think I think it'll happen today.
2: Yeah, um, you know that's that's some really good news. This is uh, some good time of the year to get down there if you like to you know kind of stay away from the crowds because people have other things going on. But the fishing seems to be really good down there. Uh, Dale, I got a question about, uh, and, and I'm going to answer this at the after the top of the hour in more detail because there's a little bit more to it than most people think. But they're asking about going out and doing some recreational oystering, and I know they kind of do that in your area. But you got to be really careful. Are there some areas down there that you know of that are public areas where people can go and by hand or tong them and, and get some some fresh oysters?
7: I've seen it. I've seen it happening up and down the side of the road. I've never actually looked far where the public, I mean, the Wildlife and Fisheries puts out maps. The biggest thing that right. you've got to realize, the biggest thing that you've got to realize if you're going to try to do public oystering around Grand Isle is there's a reason DHH has Grand Isle as a no-harvest zone. Uh, I'm wanting to say you've got to be three-quarters of a mile to a mile from Grand Isle itself. I mean, this island is so old. There's so many old-time septic tanks and stuff on this island. You don't want anything. You don't want to be eating anything particularly raw that was harvested very close to this island simply because of the, of the health effects that those oysters could have. I do know of people that do it and then they take them and they stick them in a crawfish sack out in the bay. They'll go by boat and stick them in a crawfish sack and let them sit there for four or five days until they flush themselves. But be very careful if you're close to this island with all the population and the, and the, should we say the overflow that happens? Yeah, it takes a little
2: bit of research on your part because you certainly don't want to be caught on private leases unless you have to have actually written permission from the leaseholder to get out there and do it. And then the DHH does issue closures, uh, and it would probably be worth a visit to their website because they do post those regularly, which areas are closed. And, you know, in addition to doing something that's illegal, I mean, it's something that could kill you. You know, it could be a health issue, too. So you certainly want to be careful with, with oysters, especially if you like to eat them raw.
7: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, there's several ways to eat oysters, but man, straight out of an ice chest, nice and, and ice cold and slimy—that's mean, the best.
2: Ooh, yeah. Now you're talking. All right, Darrell. Thanks for the report, as always, my friend. If somebody wants to get in touch with you and uh, get a trip to go down there and catch some of those redfish or some speckled trout, tell them how to get you.
7: Well, they can find me on your website, Don, at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Uh, we do the social media thing, you know, the Facebooks and so forth. Or RealScreamers.com. The best way is just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. All
2: right. Cherie, any final words for Daryl? If he finds that fish, how can he get in touch with you?
3: Well, yeah, he, he knows how to locate us. But I do want to say, you know, for personal experience, a trip with Daryl is an awesome trip.
2: You got that right. Thanks, Daryl. We'll see you next week, Bye. Thank
7: you, Cherie. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> All
2: right. Daryl Carpenter, RealScreamers.com. All right, we got some more professionals coming up. Captain Mike Gallo, Ryan Lambert. A new title holder, Brendan Bayard, is going to join us too. Bad Boys of the Outdoors and your text message is 504-260-1870 to the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Along with daughter number one, Cherie Dubuque. Welcome back into our number two. And, Cherie, let's get this recreational oystering. you did a little bit of research on it. And I'll tell you what I know. You, if you're going to do it, you need a basic fishing license. you got to have a saltwater fishing license and a recreational tonging license if you're using tongs. Now, if you're using your hands, obviously you don't need that. Uh, senior fishing license is required if you're 60 years of age or older. And you can only do it on public grounds. You cannot do it on a private lease unless you have written permission from the leaseholder. You can find out a lot of information about that on the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries website under oystering. And you can also um, find out information from DHH, Department of Health and Hospitals, about any closures because of public health advisories. And uh, you can take the oysters. as a size, believe it or not, three inches or longer in length from the hinge to the mouth. So you got to measure it. Uh, it doesn't apply if it's off a private lease. You can have any size oyster. Anything you can add to that?
3: Well, actually, the Department of Health and Hospitals has a really nice brochure. So if you just go online and you search oyster harvesting, there's a lot of information that they've included That not only includes potential health effects, but actually some of the details that you just described and identify some other resources. Not as straightforward as just getting out there and grabbing some oysters. Not
2: at all. Not at all. That's the old days, and the old days are gone. Much more technical now. Do your research if you want to go out and get some recreational license. It can be a really great uh, resource to take advantage of. All right, let's get back to the text board. we got some text coming in.
3: Yeah, so the Irish Kunas says, good morning, Don. Glad to hear you have your daughter on the show with you. She's doing a great job. Well, you know, you taught me everything you know. Um, we're ta- taking our baby girl out for her first fishing experience. She just turned three, um, and he says his wife prefers amber romance too. So I think it's leading Leading the gnat uh, repellent so far.
2: All right, very good. Taking a three-year-old fishing on the first trip. That's got to be great. Good luck. Hope she pulls one in. All right, we got lots to talk about. we got uh, fishing reports coming up. Also going to tell you, visit. take a little minute to go to our BayouWildTV.com website. Uh, we have been uh, accumulating video for upcoming season number six, which will be starting soon. Uh, we've got the South Dakota pheasant hunt, our Cajun invasion up to uh draper south dakota we've got the hunt that we made this this week up to catahoula we've got the interview with mr deville i know martha and uh chris working on some special cooking features we've got some more john foltz in the kitchen a uh, whole new season's coming up ahead and if you want to check out the schedule it's also posted there and by the way you can you can have one of those what, what do you call that when you when you binge out your marathon watch something uh There's a term they use for that. Maybe somebody will know.
3: Oh, when you binge watch TV shows. Yeah, you (laughs) can
2: watch every episode of Bayou Wild TV. It's on our website, simply BayouWildTV.com. Now, is it my imagination or are you seeing that rain breaking up a lot better? It looks like there's a whole lot less rain than there was three hours ago on the radar.
3: Yeah, especially in our area. It looks like we're getting some breaks South, there. Yeah,
2: down mm-hmm. around. It's all along the coast. It's hugging that I-10 line, but it's even, especially from Lafayette to the Mississippi and Alabama Gulf Coast, it's really starting to lighten up. It's just light stuff. I wouldn't stop me from going out at all.
3: Well, it didn't stop Blake. We saw him sending us a flashlight <laughs> signal on his way out <laughs> to the stand.
2: Good luck to Blake, and good luck to all of you. I know there's been some... I got a message in from my old buddy Rick. Uh, he's up at the Old Six hunting camp up near Bugalusa. He calls... He says... a. No Nats. K-N-A-T-Z. That's the first I've heard of that. He said it works, and he's up at the camp with the two grandsons, Seth and Shane, are having good times. The deer were moving during the storm just before dark. The club took a couple, and they have a covered cleaning shed now that keeps everybody dry when they're cleaning the deer. We'll hope you have to put that to use, and he tells you hello. Hi, Sheree.
3: Yeah, good to hear from Rick, longtime family friend and hunting friend.
2: Well, hopefully a little later we can get the St. Hubert butcher shop running over here when Blake comes back <laughs> dragging that deer. We need some venison,
6: please. <laughs>
2: All right, we're coming back with uh, Captain Mike Gallo, who some people say he was born on the bayou. That's his theme song. You picked it for him, and you'll hear it next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And that's what we use to bring this guy in, Captain Mike Gallo. His reports each week brought to you by a wonderful company, Seato. Boy, this is the time of the year. You want to give the gift that keeps on giving, gives peace of mind? $179 for a whole year for the person you love that's a boater because they're like having AAA on the water, bring your fuel when and where you need it, tow you in 24-7, jump start you if you've got electrical problems. Whatever it takes to get you in safe and sound, Seato will do it. You want to get signed up? Do it online, CTOE.com, or you can call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545. And we have a listener question for Captain Mike Gallo, Cherie, if someone wants to know about a a trolling motor battery.
3: Yeah, Captain Mike, um, someone just asked, they just bought a boat and they want to do some trout fishing, but need a recommendation on batteries for their trolling motor. You have any suggestions for them?
8: Well, first of all, good, good morning, Cherie and Don. And this year, I switched over to lithium batteries. I have two 36-volt lithium batteries in my boat with an onboard. Tr- Those lithium batteries, I saved 240 pounds in weight. They charge five times faster and last 50% longer. They have a seven-year warranty. And they're much more expensive than lead-acid batteries, but over the seven years, they're going to actually work out to cost me, cost me less money than the lead-acid batteries. I've only used them for one year, but I'm very, very satisfied with them at this point. And the name of those batteries are Lithium Pro's.
2: Lithium pros, there you go. And uh, whenever you need to get an answer, you ask the professionals. They use these products, and they, you know, tell you what's worth the money to spend to get them. So there you go. Get one of those lithium pros. All right, Mike, let's talk some fishing now. Man, this has been, you know, Friday after Thanksgiving, yesterday. That's one of the biggest fishing days of the year, and so is this weekend. Where can you point people in the right direction in your area there around Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne, to put some reds and specks and flounders and drums and whatever else in the boat?
8: I tell you, Don, the fishing is just like Robbie Campos said earlier this morning. It has really turned on really good in the local area. Lake Bourne produced speckled trout and redfish yesterday down by the wall. There was reds and speckled trout caught. More specks down towards the wall than redfish. Seems the deeper water obviously had the speckled trout in it, and the shallower water had the redfish. Personally, I ran over to the Biloxi Marsh, we targeted redfish. We caught our limit of redfish. Uh, throw in the matrix craw that you asked me about last week. That was the ticket for the redfish uh, as of yesterday. Most of the boats that went pursuing trout used live bait and mixed in some plastic as they got the hang of what the fish were doing and the pattern of what was going on. So there does seem to be uh, a lot of them in the area. Look for birds. You know, the holy trinity that we talk about, clean, moving water with bait fish activity close by. And then you try to match the hatch and catch as many as you can.
2: Mike, did you encounter any gnats in the Biloxi Marsh?
8: I did encounter gnats in the Biloxi Marsh. Um, You and I have fished together many times. I constantly wear long pants and long sleeves, even in August. Uh, Yesterday, I had my gator you know, pulled up to my nose, which I guess made it look like I was social distancing. But I was trying to distance myself (laughs) from those (laughs) gnats.
2: I don't blame you. Yep. Uh, What do you find the biggest mistakes customers make when you might even warn them? Look, there could be some gnats out there. Take some precautions. Uh, And and (laughs) what can you do once you're out there and, and they're not dressed properly? Do you have something you can give them? Do you use the Amber Romance or any of the other repellents?
8: Yeah, I use the spray, and you can give them spray, and I tell them them everything works and nothing works. And what I mean by that is the gnats go for the carbon dioxide that's released from your body. So you can put on whatever, and it's only going to work for 10 minutes. You have to continually reapply. If you put on the thicker things like Amber Romance and Victoria's Secrets, I think it's like an oil, and when they land on you, they kind of get stuck in it and drown. So they're all over you, but they're not necessarily biting you. So it just depends on your tolerance of having slime on you, which I don't have a good tolerance of, and that's why I'm always wearing the long pants and the long sleeves. Um, but when someone is on board and they're not properly dressed, usually I'm breaking out my frog tugs, you know, which is a rain suit, but they're willing mm-hmm. to deal with it to keep the gnats off of them. So you can put them in a rain suit, or little things, it doesn't take much wind to get them off of you. Face the boat into the wind and use your trolling motor. Try to get them off of you that way. If it's just dead calm, they're going to they're gonna eat on you for quite a while.
2: Yeah, they can certainly put a damper on your trip. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, one of the other things I, I wanted to talk about is uh, Lake Pontchartrain bridges. i got a trip scheduled there next week with Kenny Krieger. We're going to go after sheephead with fiberglass cane poles. That should be a challenge. (laughs) And also, you and the other reporters have been given reports and information based on what you did this week and what this weekend is going to look like. But talk about tactics you might have to change come Monday and Tuesday because we're going to have some much, much colder temperatures in the area.
8: Well, I still think and I'm still hearing reports of shrimpers catching shrimp all over. The, the local shrimpers are catching shrimp in Pontchartrain, in Bourne, and in the Mistago. And we know that the trout are going to follow the shrimp. When we finally get some good cold, it may move the shrimp out. When the shrimp do move out, the trout are not going to follow them. They're going to stay north. They're going to stay inland. And then they'll settle in on some of the more structures that we have where there's a different type of food for them, but still a food chain nonetheless. And that's going to confine the trout. And I think we'll have better catches of trout on the backside of this real cold that's coming through. So it's going to be a positive as far as the trout fishing goes. The sheephead, they're just everywhere. I saw Kenny just a few minutes ago pass behind my lodge here while he was heading out on his trip. So um, he, he likes to fish those bridges. He knows those bridges as well as anybody. So I certainly foresee a fun trip with big cane poles and there's plenty of sheephead out there.
2: All right. We got got uh, uh, Blaine Salter is going to be coming with us, the makers of the poles, so we can break them and it won't matter. we have to pay for them <laughs> <laughs> if it turns out that way. <laughs> All right, Mike, thanks for t- the report. As a,
8: Go ahead. I did want to tell you that I fished this week with a longtime listener of yours, Christian Mulkey, came fishing with us. He said that his uncle took him fishing when he was a young child and now his uncle's older had never been in the marsh catching redfish been listening to you and i talk about redfish for so many years he had to go and they had a great trip caught their limit of redfish so he wanted me to pass on a thank you because he's been listening for quite a while
2: i love to hear those stories mike and also i got a letter from my buddy dutch does he have a trip coming up with you soon
8: Dutch has a trip scheduled with me on the 3rd of December. Hopefully
2: he dresses warm. (laughs) Yeah, it should be warmed up a little bit by then. Maybe delay the trip a little bit, you start, you know, and compensate for that. Well, good luck to you and Dutch. Hope you all catch a bunch.
8: I hope we do as well, Don, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
2: All right, before you go, they can find you at AAofLA.com, like Chris did, or you can go on my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. We've got a beautiful picture of you there. We ought to frame it and put it on the wall. But they can also call you on the telephone. Give them that number to call.
8: You can reach me at 985-781-7811.
2: All right. Bye-bye, Mikey. We'll see you next week, buddy.
8: All right, Don. Y'all have a good one. Stay warm.
2: All righty Mike Gallo coming up next if you like to put the paddle in the water to propel your craft or pedal with your feet we got the answer for you Brendan Bayard joins us and we're going to talk about a title he took last week and also get your fishing report if you headed out this weekend or when the chilly weather comes next week he's got it all for you right here next on the outdoors with Don Dubuque radio Nip.
3: you like that little uh, intro music sherry <laughs> Yeah, actually, the music for the show, you guys got some hip songs going on here.
2: Well, I had some help getting that stuff. All right, we've got the Paddler's Report coming up. It's brought to you in conjunction with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club and a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. You're going to find their locations in the mid-city of New Orleans, also in Baton Rouge, as well as Covington. They also do some rentals at the Covington store if you want to try before you buy, and they put on those special days, and we'll keep you abreast of those whenever you can get out and try before you buy. They've got models like Hobie, Jackson, kayak and native watercraft you can see their lineup at masseyoutfitters.com also have a great facebook page and one of our two field reporters is brendan bayard and brendan I want to start off with a big congratulations on your championship for the bayou coast kayak fishing club this year tell us how you did it
9: oh i think i had a lot of luck don but uh i'll take it um, it started uh started pretty bad i lost my sunglasses the night before I showed up at the launch <laughs> i needed to borrow a uh, a PFD, and uh, you know the good kayak community. Uh, one of the guys was like, "Hey, I found things. and I was like, oh, man!" Uh, you know, thank God I found those. And then, uh, and then somebody borrow, let me borrow a PFD, and then it was you know the luck started there and continued into the lake. And uh, we all launched there at Catfish Lake. Fished for a while. I pretty much threw top water all day because you know I was trying to catch. It was uh, five trout and two reds that you would need for the weigh-in. It was actually, a uh, you know, this was the first time we had an actual weigh-in since uh, the beginning of the year. The, everything else has been CPR, like uh, online, so the actual weight, you needed that. Um, I was just going for big trout the whole day, caught a couple early. I kind of slacked off, and I went into some ponds, caught one red pretty early, and then I uh, then I kind of bounced into some areas that I knew were too tight for boats to get in. Uh, you know, kind of ensuring that that water was probably not hit already. Uh, so I got into some really skinny canals, uh, really skinny creeks, if you will, in the uh, in the marsh. Caught some reds in there on top water. The water was still fairly deep, so I could kind of thread the needle, throwing them down those long creeks. Uh, got some really nice 25-, 26-inch uh, reds. They came back out into the lake and finished up my, uh, my stringer, uh, the bigger trout on top water and then went into for the for the way and Crossed my fingers and uh, i think i edged out matt car uh, by uh maybe two ounces so you know i had 19 pounds and a couple of ounces and he had like 18.9 pounds
2: <laughs> well congratulations glad your plan worked out for you and uh course, I, I guess it was great getting back to a, a normal type wed, weigh-in, as you know, as opposed to what we had to do virtually on a lot of these weigh-ins, and that's great. Well, we got another one coming up. Uh, it'll be a catch photo and release. We'll talk about that in a minute. But contrast to fishing that's going on today, tomorrow, went on yesterday is what we're going to make some changes uh, coming up next week, early Monday, Tuesday, when the freezing weather moves in.
9: Yeah, we have, uh, I mean, the fishing's been really great right now, pretty much all up and down the estuary. You could go behind Grand Isle, you could go up to, uh, you know, based on Golden Meadow up at the top, uh, you know, uh, in and Port Sulphur and catch fish, pretty much anywhere you want to go. Lots of trout out there. Most people are catching voodoo under a cork, uh, you know, DOAs under a cork, or uh, top water, tight line of plastics. And then after this uh, weekend, you're probably going to have to go into some of those deeper spots. uh the fish will probably set up in kind of a, a momentary winter pattern. Uh, little dead-end canals might be the ticket early next week. But then I'm sure after a few days it'll, you know, kind of level out and those fish will be back on the flats for a little bit until we get into the thick of winter where the temperature of the water is just really at a constant, uh, you know, high 50s or so. But uh, it'll kind of shift between winter and fall fishing for a couple of weeks and then we'll get into winter forever uh, until, you know, maybe – march but uh should be some good fishing on the horizon for uh, at least a uh, you know a month at least <laughs> yeah.
2: as those fish slow down you got to slow down your retrieves and your bait presentation tell us about the event coming up in two weeks for bayou coast
9: so a lot of us really missed the fact that you know the ifa had to cancel for three three events i think this year with hurricanes i think every time a hurricane came through louisiana the ifa had an event so uh, the odds of that i'm not sure what are But uh, we decided to just host uh, ourselves as a little, you know, unofficial club event, uh, a catch, photo, and release with the app. So you can fish anywhere in the state. We're just going to do that in a couple of weeks. I got some friends coming in from Texas. And just kind of a good opportunity to get out and do like a two-day kind of, uh, if you will, um, uh, over two days consistency tournament. Uh, So we'll have just one red and one speck both days. Uh, length for two days and so you'll at the end of two days you'll have uh, just an excuse to get out there and fish during the prime uh, early winter bite lots of bull reds in the marsh uh, away from the pass it'll be a little different challenge for everybody uh, there's some days that you can go out in early december and just stand up in your kayak and just really see the bull reds just cruising these these two to four foot flats where you can really target them with sight like you do with regular pond fishing reds Uh, You might see some of those videos out there. This is the time of year to do that. Uh, We're looking forward to uh, seeing what we can do, and uh, I'm sure some big fish will be brought to the boards.
2: Sounds very good, and thank you for an excellent report, Brendan, and uh, glad you enjoyed getting that championship last weekend. Congratulations, whether it was skill, luck, or combination. You got it. It's done. It's over. Everybody needs to get over it.
9: (laughs) Except you. You got to enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. Plus, I got a big belt buckle to way around. So that's always
2: fun. <laughs> yeah, you and the wrestlers. All right, thanks so much, Brendan. We'll see you next time, buddy.
9: All right, thanks, Don. Bye. <laughs>
2: there he goes, Brendan Bayard, very good kayak fisherman. And, boy, he can certainly give you some tips if you're just getting into the sport. All right, coming back after this, we got three guys in trouble. Took three years. Three's the magic number, three of them. Uh, there was an investigation, went on for three years. The result? Three citations written for the illegal take concealment of a Louisiana black bear. You guessed it. Bad boys are next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right. I got daughter Sheree along giving me a helping hand this morning. Uh, we got a Blake deer hunting report just came in. What's the story?
3: Yeah. So Blake's made it out to the stand, and he said the coyotes are giving him a tough time out there this morning. He actually saw some coyotes back there. On the move, huh? Yes, well, sir. Let's hope
2: the deer are on the move, too. And he can make the shot. All right, we come back after this quick 10-second station identification pause. It's bad boys of the outdoors time. Another crime solved with the help of Operation Game Thief. Back with that after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, last week, as a result of a three-year investigation you heard about on this show, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Agents Corporal Cullum Sheck Snyder, Sergeant Donnie Bozeman... Corporal Jason Sanchez and senior agent Michael Blanchard cited Michael White of Generette for taking a bear during closed season and intentional concealment of wildlife. They also cited Daniel Broussard and Carol Sandoz for intentional concealment of wildlife. The case began three years ago, November 2018, when a Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologist noticed a tracking collar from a female black bear stopped its transmission. By traveling to the black bear's last known location, agents and biologists discovered the tracking collar to be in the Patou Canal. But dum-de-dum-dum, no sign of a bear. This past August, agents got a break in the case when an anonymous tip, and so many of those lead to the arrest you hear on this show. This one led them to White, who admitted shooting the black bear with a 7 millimeter rifle in late November of 2018 near the town of Lydia. He ratted out Broussard and Sandoz, who helped cut off and dispose the tracking collar. For their part in concealing the bear, facing maximum fines of $950 and up to 120 days in jail each, are 74-year-old Carol Sandoz and 66-year-old Daniel Broussard of Generette. And for his admitted offenses, facing $1,900 in criminal fines, 120 days in jail, and another $10,000 civil restitution to replace the value of the illegally taking bear, is 62-year-old Michael J. White of Generet, Louisiana, our bad boy of the outdoors. And, surely, there's no word if that anonymous tipster will be cashing in on big reward for a black bear, Or if it's just somebody who decided to do the right thing.
3: Yeah, it's amazing, you know, how much uh, information comes through those anonymous tips. And a lot of money is paid out to the informants, and they remain completely Mm -hmm. anonymous. Well,
2: anyway, be tuned in next week, because Rocky the Flying Squirrel was put up for sale by a bad boy. That story will be next week. Coming up next, though, Captain Ryan Lambert joins us. We'll see if he's in the fishing boat, if he's in the duck blind, Maybe he's just back there at Cajun Fishing Adventures Lodge. We'll find out. Ryan Lambert's next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And, Sri, let's say good morning to Captain Ryan Lambert. We'll check his whereabouts. Captain Ryan, what's going on this morning?
6: Uh, I'm still on injury reserve, buddy. I've been on the bench all week. The boys have been doing really good. I mean, I called me yesterday said, Oh, I wish we could have a day like this, 30% of my days. I said, why? He said, oh, my God, it was just crazy. He said, the trout. I mean, I was catching trout, and then the sheephead would move in. I caught I had 60 trout and so many sheepheads, and it was coming in. The bull red was bumping into the boat. They had so many, every cast. I said, well, why? Why just 30%? Let's go for 80 He said, well, I didn't want to be greedy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's great. The fishing's doing good. Of course, that 4.0 river's got something to do with that, but I notice it's got a little oh, bit of a rise. I hope it's not a bunch coming.
6: Yeah, I hope not. You know, it never did get great, you know, but there, there's specks around. There's plenty of fish, and the boys are doing really good on ducks. And, I, I, you know, the only thing I can think is it's so dry up north, you know, that they don't have all those ponds, and the whole Mississippi Valley's not underwater, but we have plenty of ducks. I mean, it's it's been really good. Even you know, this week has been great for weather-wise, but they've they've killed them. So I think one blind had only a few birds yesterday, but other than that, it's been really, really good. So what's been the, go the back down some Um, the the thing that sticks out to me most is the widgeons. I mean, even on Facebook, I mean, everybody's killing widgeons. We haven't killed widgeons like that. In, at least 10 years, so that's a great thing, there's a lot of pintails, a lot of gadwalls, a lot of canvas backs and redheads, and you know, you got your blue and green wings, uh, good bit of ringnecks, so, I mean, it's a really good bag, I mean, it's it's been great, good shooting too, so uh um, like I said, I'll go back down tomorrow because of the big front coming out, and, you know, I don't care if I die of pneumonia. I'm going hunting Monday. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and hopefully it'll reload, and you know, because it, it has different effects. Sometimes it moves out what's here, and very few yeah. come in behind it, and other times it just brings them in chock-a-block, you know, the, the weather. And them. I can like, see so that, that
6: they, with the lack of feed, I can see them getting moved out. But, you know, they they don't <laughs> they. Take a big chance of going across the pond. Then, so um, that, uh, a lot of Honduras and all that got beat up too. So, you know, ducks yeah. can fly back and forth. It's incredible what they can do. People have no idea. But, but right now we're gonna count our blessings because I really wrote this season off, and, and it's been great. So, I just can't wait to get back down and get with them. So, and and with the river at four point oh, there's a lot of trout around too, which is we hadn't seen in quite a while. With the river has been hot for eight years, so. We'll just just take it as it comes.
2: You know, something that that you heavily rely upon down there for both cover for waterfowl and also as a filtration, storm protection, it's very valuable resources at rozo cane. Now, uh, Jeff reported that there's a whole bunch of dead cane down there near the mouth of the river caused by the the scale, and I, I was fishing down there a week ago with Captain Mike Frenette, and where we went through it looked pretty good. What are you finding out about the the, the Roso cane in your area? Is it, is it thriving? Is it dying? What's happening? I know the storm knocked well, a bunch of it down, too.
6: Yeah, what happens when, when the when the, uh, scale gets on there and kills that cane, when the storms come, it just piles it up. And this the last one, the tide got so high, you know, we had a 12-foot surge. You just wash it all out. So all that cane was gone. And then, you know, in the spring it will come back fresh again. But uh, the the scale is really bad. Even the bamboo in my yard is completely covered with it. I mean, it is taking over down there. So I think that is very resilient, and it will come back. And maybe that 12-foot tidal surge might have drowned a bunch of it too, the the scale. So we'll see. We'll just let, let Mother Nature take its course because nobody else is doing anything about it that I can see. So, you know, we'll just go with it. But there's a lot of it, a lot of scale everywhere you go.
2: Yeah. Well, that's hopefully you're right. It's resilient stuff, and a resistant, you know, strain develops. You know, it can it can uh, mutate just like other things can, and you know, the resistant. uh, It's you know Darwin's theory: the strong survives, and the weak go away. Well, good to hear that uh, the fishing and the hunting is good. And uh, how much time you got left on the uh, first split of the duck season down there?
6: Uh, As we got to go to the six. uh... We don't have a whole lot of openings. We do have a couple, you know, because we've run six blinds. But there's a couple of blinds left, but not a whole lot. But the hunting's good. So, and then, like I said, with this front coming, this will be windy all week. This is going to be a great week. So, uh, I think we'll we'll finish off real strong. And then uh, then we'll wait for the 19th to come along. And we'll regroup everything, change the oil and all the engines, and get ready to do it again. I'm going to go well, down to Mexico three the- days.
2: Yeah, well, take care of some of those birds down there. All right, while you're sitting on the bench on IR, people, it's a good time for them to call you and book a trip. If they weren't planning on making a duck hunt, now we got plenty of birds, I think it would be a good thing to do, and maybe combine it with a fishing trip. Tell them how to call you.
6: Yeah, they can You know, either go to the website at Cajun Fishing Adventures or call me direct on my cell phone, because like I said, I've been sitting around here bored to death at 504 504- <laughs> five. Five five nine five one one one, and I'll be happy to talk Uh, to anybody. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All right, Captain Ryan, we'll see you next week, buddy. Take care.
6: All right, we'll see you. Bye, Sherry. All
2: right, there he goes. All right, we come back after this. Uh, let's see, we're going to catch up on our uh, text messages. We got a few more of those to get to. Well, we got a lot of people uh, interested in in getting some of these uh, seafood items. We had a question on oystering. Now we got a shrimp trawl question. I'll be back to answer those right after this timeout. You're listening to hey, we got to wrap it up. We're almost out of here. The outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, got some text in. Uh, this one sure he comes in from uh, Jay Thomas. <laughs> he said they were frustrated yes aggravated yesterday morning not being able to figure out why they couldn't listen to the show on the way to the blind you know when you got these thursday holidays it messes everybody out everybody thought yesterday was a saturday well no today saturday Uh, what else we got coming in
3: yeah we got a good morning don and sheree i hope you all had a great thanksgiving my only outdoor activity this weekend will be putting up outside christmas lights and figuring out how to protect marmelitons before the cold weather hits Hope you all have a great weekend. That's from David Hubble.
2: All I can say is I hope you like to freeze your melatonin. They'll already be fr- flash frozen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some kind of way to protect them. All right, uh, then we also have uh, another question.
3: Yeah, we got a good question here. What do you need to throw a cast net off the seawall of Lake Pontchartrain? All right, that
2: question's on time because I passed by the, the seawall uh, about two weeks ago, and they were elbow-to-elbow elbow throwing cast nets and catching shrimp. It was like the old days. I haven't seen that in many, many years. If you want a cast net shrimp, you need all you need is a recreational fishing license, and you do. You're limited to an eight and a half foot diameter, or well, radius of a shrimp trawl. So remind me, of my math, Jerry. If it's eight and a half feet in radius, the diameter would be 16 feet. 17. Eight, eight and a half. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's, why, that's why I have you here. <laughs> that's why I have you here to do things like that. 17 foot, and that's a big cast net. So you you're good with it. Uh, now you are restricted to a limit of 50 pounds a day. Uh, during the closed shrimp season, if the shrimp season is open in the area where you throw in the cast net, you can go to 100 pounds, and you cannot sell them strictly for bait or home consumption use. Other than that, it's a pretty simple deal. What else we have?
3: Yeah, so we got somebody who wants to know when we're going to have more outdoors.
2: Uh, well, we may have a decision on that come after the first of the year. You know, that's the show that live-streamed and replayed, it followed this show from 7 to 9. I miss doing it, but unfortunately restrictions back at the mothership does not allow enough personnel because of the COVID to have someone to operate the board at the home, ship, home station. So we'll know something by January, and hopefully we'll get back sooner than later. It depends on how this COVID goes, and it looks like it's here to stay for a while. All right, other than that, I want to remind you all watch Bayou Wild TV. We're you can find our schedule at BayouIsleTV.com. Got a whole bunch of new stuff coming up for Season 6. Stuttgart, Arkansas for Specklebellies with Roland Cortez and his group up in Arkansas. Uh, we also have a, a feature that, that about uh, with Mike Fournette, a Louisiana legend. We have a profile of him. I think you'll really enjoy meeting Mike, his two sons, and his wife, Laura. They all operate that business. Uh, he's one of the godfathers of the f- charter fishing industry. And uh, we're gonna oh South Dakota we take you there for the hunt and you get to see your new gun. Tell me about that new gun you got. It's really working for you.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I got a CZ Redhead Youth model, and so that's what I'd advocate for those of us who are a little smaller in stature. That the Mm -hmm. youth model actually works pretty well. Um, Swapped over to left-handed, so working on that. Yeah, yeah. But left eye dominant, so had to make the change. But loving the gun absolutely good choice 20 gauge 20 gauge yep over and under
2: good good shooting all right well that's about going to wrap it up do we have any more uh text to catch up before we got just a couple of minutes left
3: yeah well we just had somebody who mentioned being out seeing his grandson for the first time seeing a deer out there yeah absolutely you know one of the things i think during this covid time we can't underestimate and underappreciate the opportunity that the outdoors here in the gulf coast area offers to us
2: yeah we've had huge increases in license sales for fishing Uh, i haven't seen the stats yet on the hunting but it's one thing that doesn't change you can get out there be socially distant and in the great outdoors i don't know of any ducks or fish or deer that spread coronavirus so you you're cool to do that even though a lot of things have ever been taken away and if you got away from hunting and fishing it's a good time to get back in it if you've never tried it Try your hand at it. You may find a whole newfound hobby and actually a sport and a pastime and in some cases maybe a career. All right, that's about going to wrap it up for us. Thanks for coming by, Cherie, and helping me with this.
3: As always, I enjoy being here talking to the field reporters. brings back a lot of memories. Enjoy the uh, the listeners as well. So appreciate everybody sending in their text messages and being involved with us this morning.
2: All right, and hope you'll join us again next week. And we do this every Saturday morning. We call it dark and early. We get started at 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. as you're heading to the deer stand, the duck blind, the fishing hole we love to hear from you. Don't Write down or maybe put it in your phone, that text number, 504-260-1870. All right, we've given you a lot of options out there. we got deer season going on. we got duck season going on. Jeff gave a pretty good freshwater fishing report if you like to fish bass. Saltwater fish, the speckled trout and redfish is looking like this is as good a winter we've ever had. So there's no excuse not to get out there at some time during the weekend and Exercise your right to be a fisherman or a hunter or a fisherwoman or hunter woman, Right, Trey? Absolutely. See you all next week. Right back here. Same place, same time. Check us out. Flagship, affiliate station. And also, if you miss us, radio.com. And by the way, you can always catch the rebroadcast of this program. You can go to my website, dontheoutdoorsguy.com. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe and get ready for some chilly weather.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.